Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so delighted today to be joined by the wonderful Tian Richards to talk all about his lead role as the titular character Tom Swift in Tom Swift. And, you know, I love the fact that you had this, this opportunity to kind of play with this character in the world of Nancy Drew before kind of taking him on the road and like really fleshing him out throughout the season um, as your own kind of character and show. And so I was really interested in that, that process because that's such a unique experience and opportunity as an actor to kind of take a character in one episode of a show and then look at everything you've done with them and then have all these extra foundational elements to build from. And so I was really interested in, in how you really were shaping him as a character when you were stepping into the world of Nancy Drew and then how that really serviced you as like the building blocks for who he's becoming in this series. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. So when I first uh, got the role or like got the breakdown it was always the intention that he would become his own show and be spun off. But at the time, all we had was a backdoor pilot. So just one episode to kind of showcase who he is. And I like to always say it was a prequel, like an appetizer. And in that time, you know, Nancy Drew takes place in 2019 and Tom Swift takes place in 2022. So he's definitely grown. And even myself had grown. I got the role in early, like January, 2021. And that's the same month we filmed the backdoor pilot. And we did that for about a month and a half. And then I had an entire year before I played him again, because, you know, just waiting and then, you know, waiting to hear about the pickup and then, you know, preparing. So I had had a chance to kind of go back to my life, but now with the, you know, the, the effectiveness of having played Tom. So I just, you know, built upon that. I would do research and I went to visit MIT because that's where he'd gone to school and all these space museums and um, different observatories uh, around the city and around the country. And it was just fun to do that for myself, but also he gave me a chance to really take ownership as an artist, to do that type of research, to really go in depth with my own stuff, but then learn the world that he lives in as well. So yeah, um, to, to play him the first time was just, again, scratching the surface and not even the time from then to the first episode, so much growth, but then the growth that he has throughout the season is like, yeah, that was, and this is my first time, like playing a fully formed, you know, human being, like from, from, from start to wh wherever he goes, you know, before I always say before doing uh, the episode of Nancy Drew, I'd never done more than five or six scenes in an episode of television. So I remember like I, I booked it and then I got the call from everybody and maybe a day or two later, they sent the script and I was like, Whew, I'm going to sleep because listen, when you're overwhelmed, the best thing to do is just take a nap. So I remember just going to sleep and I was like in 35 out of the 40 pages. And I was like excited for the journey, but also like, how do I approach this? And it's just interesting looking back on that moment to now and how my outlook has changed, you know? I love that. And I, I really love those facets of research that you were just talking about in terms of going to MIT and, and looking at a lot of like space museums and really kind of trying to immerse yourself into the world of this character, because that's so much about what feeds his passion. It's not you know, it's not a field that he's fallen into. It's, it's, that's the way that he was raised by his parents in that world. And, you know, it's part of the fabric of his family, as well as the thing that he just loves to do and chooses to do. And so how did that really shape a lot of his personality and characteristics tra traits in those elements of research that you were doing and a lot of that information that you were taking in? Oh, it was so necessary. So the part of Tom that I relate to the most 
when I got the breakdown, it says he is this charming, gay, fashionable billionaire who has issues with his father. Ding, 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 ding. That was my entry point. You know, I too have my own, you know, daddy issues and that journey to becoming, you know, oneself. So I understood that verbatim. I understood that language, those conversations, that form of trauma. Um, you know, and I'm very quippy. I can turn a phrase and, you know, you know, I can play the dozens and, and it'd be kind of shady. So I, I had the social aspect of who he was, but the tech part, the way he thinks, that's he's he that's a second language for him, is how he communicates. And specifically an MIT grad in, in aerospace, you know, one thing I learned about MIT people from being there is like, they don't try to act smarter than you. They act like you're equally as smart as they are. And they dispense the information at random and expect you to just take it all in. They can be talking about, you know, an equation or an electromagnetic field. And you're like, what? And like, no, don't you understand? So I had to get that part down. Like, I'm a quick speaker, but you know, Tom speaks a mile a minute. It's a lot of exposition. He's always throwing off different, you know, uh, you know, tech phrases and, and inventions. And I had to be able to do that in a way that didn't feel forced. So, you know, I need to understand these things. So the first thing I did when I booked it, I remember not even an hour later, you know, I'm always in the gym. That's another, I mean, that's research, right? I'm always in the gym and I got the call that I booked the role while I was working out. I mean, I was with a friend of mine. I, you know, of course, the whole freak out. I'm like, yo, this is crazy and all of that. And right next door to where I was, it was a crunch fitness in Burbank. And right next door was a, was a Barnes and Noble. And I remember running down there and getting books on, you know, aerospace and engineering and, and artificial intelligence. And, you know, I started to form who he was. Um, and I based him off of a couple of people. A lot of it's me and how I move through the world from the emotional stock, but the social and the scientific aspect of who he was really bred from a myriad of influences. Um, Idris Sandu, who is an amazing young tech mind, he did algorithms for Uber and Nipsey Hussle's Marathon Store and Google. If Elon Musk was the inspiration for Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. That's who my composite was in the scientific realm. Um, Jaden Smith, because he lives under the guise and the shadow of a very famous father, but he's found his own sector in the world to exist. Lenny Kravitz for the fashion, for the freedom, for the not giving a fuck of it all. Um, and I, this thing called the Obama effect. How Obama walks into a room and he's the coolest guy there, but he feels intelligent and grounded and relatable and he feels culturally black. Because that was the thing too. Tom is not somebody who's abandoned his blackness to assimilate to a whitewashed world. He exists with them both by being himself. Um, yeah, and those were like the main things that I, yeah, it was just, I would, anybody within the field, I, of course, I, you know, will watch videos on Elon Musk and I will watch videos on, you know, Robert Smith and a lot of those like, powerhouse juggernauts in the tech and um in the billionaire industry yeah i'm long yeah. Winded, by the way so you gotta cut me up i will speak in a tangent i will keep going so you gotta be like yo okay enough 
No, but I'm like, abs- I'm like absolutely taking in all of those details. And it, it's so interesting to like hear that composite of how he came together. And I love, I love that kind of that way that you're talking about how he is just so authentically himself and, and he has that confidence. And, you know, even just in the very first episode, we see him go on this journey of, of his relationship with, with his own sensitivity as a person. And we see that being something that's been, you know, kind of weaponized against him as an insult by his own father, by his own family, you know, you're not fit to take over the company because you're too sensitive. And then we see him even by the end of the first episode, really owning it and realizing that that's one of his greatest attributes. And, and is, is there kind of like a continuation for you in, in exploring this character and really just finding all the different ways where, you know, words that people say to him become something that he realizes are also his most powerful things and his strengths in, in that level of authenticity of self that he seems to have. Yeah, it's the the idea of being celebrated and not being tolerated. Like that's the the power and the space that he is fighting to take up. Because when you are an other or you check a box that isn't of the social norm, you're always having to apologize. Like you're smart for this or you're, you know, worthy for a gay person, whatever. And he's no longer uh, apologizing for that because for so long, it's been seen as a weakness, has been seen as one of his flaws when it's like, no, it's actually one of my superpowers and all that comes with it because he's breaking tradition. Um, we're a story that talks about black legacy and black heritage, but through the scope of tech, you know, that's how we've accumulated, that's how we have accumulated our wealth and our success. So his dad very much wants to keep him on that straight and very narrow path. Um, so much of our existence as Black Americans has been about pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and like overcoming oppression. And Tom doesn't have to deal with any of that. Like he is steeped in privilege. Like he came out of the womb with the silver spoon and he doesn't apologize. He doesn't have to like be flashy or flex. He just is as he is. And sometimes it's all you need to see is just somebody existing as they are without a footnote or without a, a precursor of, oh, you know, you know, you have to be this, you have to be more respectable and no. And he's constantly being edited in a world that doesn't make space for him. But it's like, I don't need to be in your space. I'm going to create my own and I'm going to excel in it. And I think that's so much of his quest for his own humanity, you know? And, and I also want to talk about the relationship that he has on screen with um, Zenzi, who's played wonderfully by Ashley Murray, because I love I love that immediate sense of, of history, camaraderie, and also even just the richness right at the beginning, straight out of the gate of, you know, the way that she can say certain things to him, she can call him out on things. Mm-hmm. You know, she sees every facet of who he is and they're both able to do that with one another. And then within one line of dialogue later, it's like, that's all behind them. You know, they've had conversations like that before. That's mm-hmm. their dynamic with one another. Um, and so what were the most important aspects of, of the texture and the history of that for the two of you to create in that way? Oh man, they have such a rich history. And I'll just start with, I have two younger sisters and I, I grew up with my mom. So I know what it's like to respect women, to be supported by women, to be bred by women. And that's really the foundation behind every strong man is an even stronger woman. And having Ashley by my side has just been the time of my life because, you know, she supports me the same way she supports Tom. And it's that unconditional love where she's my female co-lead of this show and you know she takes up just as much space in a different way like she isn't contingent upon me it's like she exists as her own thing and it's i don't have to put her down or you know 
make reduce her to anything less than she is. Um, and I and I love that. And it's not your traditional duo. Like we're not a couple. We're a couple, but in a different way. Like you know, we're this you know brother sister like best friend, you know super group. And I and I, and I love that. Um, from the first time I met her, we had just this imminent chemistry that's carried over. And on the hardest days, I can just look at her and be like, okay you understand. And, and she's willing to go toe to toe with me in scenes. And, you know, I, I don't try to outshine her. She doesn't try to outshine me. And I think that chemistry is, um, it, it shows and it's great having her. And um, Tom is very much the central force of his world. He's the sun and he believes, you know, everything oscillates and orbits around him, but she is really that gravity. She's like the mercury that's right there to kind of like put him in check. He's very chaotic and type C and all over the place. And he's one track minded. And she has that structure to just kind of ground him and, and balance him out. And um, yeah, and I'm just so grateful to, to have her. I, I love her so much. Yeah. And obviously you were, you were touching on this a little bit before in terms of, of, of the, the father son dynamic in the show. And, and that's so much of a crux of everything that he's going through um, throughout the season as well. And you know, it's it's also interesting because there's so many facets of who he is as a character that are because of who his father is, you know, the way that his father kind of gave him this passion, kind of introduced him to this world, the way that he's been raised that you were talking about before. But then also there's ways that he wants to kind of go out there in the world and forge his own identity and forge his own space. Mm -hmm. And so when you were looking very closely at that relationship dynamic and the details that you had at the beginning about who his father is and what that dynamic had been with them, how did you look towards what are the aspects that you think would really be a part of him as a direct result of his father? And then what are the spaces where, you know, he's creating this own space? for himself on the other end of the spectrum yeah. um again we we speak so much about legacy in this show and it's like amazing for a black man who we don't have much stock in this country to pass something down to their son to continue on a legacy and a legacy like aerospace and like tech um and he very much wants to keep that tradition going i always say having visited mit and talked to tech minds you don't go into a space that rigorous and that intense just because you want to please your father you also have to have a love for it you have to have a creative and you know analytical sensibility to take that on so he's had to find his love within it through the guise of his father being his ins inspirational force to to get into it so um he's driven by the need to you know to to be accepted to to have his father love him as he is, that's where it starts. But where he ends up going and taking it and having the creative possibilities and, and finding cool ways to even please his own interests through tech, that's the most beautiful thing to use our art and what we create because architects you know, and engineers, they're artists at the heart. And I learned that it's not scientific, it's not mathematical, it's art, it's what you can create. Um, and, 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 I wanted to start with my own relationship with my father, but it's so different. You know, Tom, his father grew up in his life. Mine did not. Um, he, you know, was he was deported when I was at a young age. So he was, he was in Trinidad when I was in America. Um, my father, my mom very much accept who I am. There's never been any like, you know, qualms about that. And it's just the not being present aspect. I always say your parents are your two pillars in life. They're your examples that hold you up, your infrastructure, your foundation. And if you have one pillar that's kind of broken or leans, it's like, 
how do you fly on one wing? So to not have his father fully accept him is always a part of him that is that void. And I know what it's like to, to grow up with that void. And it makes you even more adamant about your path in life if you can walk through the fire by yourself. So his quest with his father is about showing him I can be my own man, that you're going to need me more than I need you, and I can get through this. And I can do it while being fabulous and wearing these, you know, amazing clothes and, 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 and being free in who I am and not detract from my genius. Because one thing about Tom is like, say what you want, he's still the smartest one in the room. And his dad still needs him to accomplish his life goal of going to Saturn. So what's up? Yeah. And obviously you're, you're also bringing up there the, the costumes in the show. And what I love about the costumes that you're wearing are, you know, it's not just that they're really great wonderful looking designer pieces it's that they're styled in a way that's reflective of who he is as a character and how he wants to express himself to the world so even when he's showing up you know at an important event alongside his family it's like the way that his shirt is kind of like a few buttons loose and and kind of like draped on his body and the the shape and the fit is all about him um even amongst the formality of of how he has to present alongside his family um, and so what did a lot of that collaboration with the costume department look like in really finding that specific style and look and making making sure that it always spoke to him as a character. Oh man, like our, our style and our costumes are so intentional and they reflect our personalities and how we move because yes, we have to be fashionable, but you also have to be functional because we are going on these missions and we're in all these like very, you know, out of the, the normal places. So it's like, we have to have things that we can move in and, and run in and be, you know, uh, fully functional. Um, Shout out to our costume department, our amazing costume designer, Ayana James Kamani. She came from Insecure and Queen Sugar. And I work with her from the first episode. Yeah, the Nancy Drew episode, we had a fitting. And you know me, I'm, I'm a cancer and I'm very like emotional and I'm very much like, you know, into the things that influence me. So I came in with like this lookbook of, you know, pictures and how I wanted him to dress and to be. And I was like, I wanted to be 90s Wesley Stipes and I wanted to be these draping coats. And, I'm, and I like that you pointed out the buttons because we bring it back man cleavage on the show. I'm just saying. I want that to be a, something that stands out because I believe in dressing for your body type. You know, Tom said it in episode 215 of Nancy Drew that clothes are his armor. They're how he protects himself and how he expresses himself. So with that, he has to show up in a way that he feels comfortable and he feels powerful. And we see that reflected. And you will throughout the season, based on the space he in, his clothes will often, you know, reflect that. So again, we 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 have the the big designers and the name brands, but also she includes, you know, black designers and local designers and really centers these pieces. You know, Zinzi looks you know, fashion forward and feminine and powerful, but she also feels relatable and she feels comfortable and sleek. And the same with Isaac, it reflects our occupation, but also our personality. And I, and I love that that's such a big storytelling thing because fashion is also a big part of black culture, you know, for us in society, so much has been taken away. And that's one of the ways our fashion, our music, we may be able to express ourselves, to, to stunt, to flex, all of those terms that came from us. So I love that we're getting getting to continue that legacy as well. I, I love that. And, and going back to 
to what you were talking about earlier in terms of the dialogue for the show as well. You know, obviously there is kind of a lot of that tech language that you've got to be able to throw in there. And, and it always has to come from, a you know, again, it always has to come from a place of character when you're, you know, when you're kind of rattling things off, it's, you know, the things that he's telling other people in the room. Sometimes he's not explaining something because it's like, he knows that they all, they all know they're in his world. Um, and at the same time, you're working with scripts in an incredibly fast pace in television. You know, there's not very much time to sit with new pages with changes with new episodes um and so how are you kind of like balancing the space of like the preparation that you need to like go in with a lot of the context for a lot of that figuring out where it's coming from from character and then also having to work from a place that's very instinctive and in, in finding a lot of aspects with the pacing that comes with that as well oh I, I love this question first off thank god for a scriptation that app on your ipad um <laughs> if you don't have it as an actor you need to get scriptation because with the edits and the new drafts that come in it, it's so helpful um i make sure once i read it for understanding and i go back through and read it again to really break it down um what is he saying if it's like a, a very like big word like a, a, a jargon that I don't know I make sure to like look it up and I'm like a kinesthetic learner I like to call it kinesthetic empathy so I will have to like attach a picture or an emoji or a song to help me like kind of get it down because I want to know where it's coming from what it means in context of what I'm saying and how that's pushing my intention forward um Tom, so when he's in that space, I, I call it tech speak because he speaks a mile a minute. He rattles it off. You'll see it during our Tom Todges throughout the season. And again, it's that MIT culture of I expect you to know what I'm talking about. If you don't catch up, you know, it's very much, you know, um, catch up and get left behind. So, um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Because I, I speak also a mile a minute. <laughs> so I get lost a lot of the time. Um, so with our episodes, we, we, we shoot weekly. So throughout the, the, the episode, you're learning more based on the order that you shoot. You're, you're going back and you're learning new things. And sometimes you don't see the prop until the day of that you're going to be you know, speaking on. So it's really making sure I've done that research. And episode one was the most because once I kind of got into the world and understood more, um, that's when everything else starts to make more sense. Once I visited MIT and read the books and understood it, then we just kind of branch out. And it's also sci-fi, it's fantasy. So a lot of the stuff is, is, is made up and you can make it mean what you want it to mean. But our prop department and our writers are so collaborative about, you know, making sure we understand that. Because if it's bred from my brain, then, you know, I need to be able to get underneath it and really know what everything is and how it moves. And yeah, that's been one of the, the more interesting parts of this process is, you know, discovering our inventions and, and the tech stuff, because I am not the scientific mind that Tom is. Um, I, I barely passed math. I, I think I got out of math with a D in high school. Like, so yeah, that's not my forte, but so I've been having to do a lot of crash course learning with, with Tom Swift. <laughs> And, and with kind of taking on this lead role in the show as well, you know, going back to that, that episode in Nancy Drew, you know, I, I've kind of like seen you talk a little bit about how part of that experience as well was also just like watching Kennedy McMahon, who's the, the lead in that series and, and how she kind of like does everything that she does, you know, in terms of performance, but also because in being number one on the call sheet, it's not just about the performance that you give when you show up for a scene. It's about, you know, the way that you're kind of there supporting everybody around you in terms of the cast, the way that you're working with the crew 
And the way that you're kind of part of the, the dynamic of setting the tone for everybody of what that collaborative environment is going to look like. And so from that experience of working on Nancy Drew and kind of really watching her, what were some of the things that you wanted to bring over or that were really important to you and kind of forming that dynamic on this show for yourself? It's definitely like the entirety. First off, shout out to Kennedy, because I say again, I had never done that much in an episode. I didn't know how I was going to approach it or how, you know, I would have to change my process to, you know, exist in that space. But just seeing how graceful she was, how seamless. Um, I was asking everything, like, how do you memorize this much on a, on a day? And she was like, you got it, you know, muscle memory, it'll get stronger. Um, it could be something simple as we come back from lunch and the crew and the cast was coming back into the stages and she would hold the door open for everybody. Like she really just took precedence over that space. And I'm like, okay, that's the type of leader I want to be. I remember watching her during a scene and our director for that episode, Ruben Garcia was like, you know, that's going to be you, right? I was like, oh man, like, cause she was just every scene, every time and she was on it, on it, on it. And you really learn how much of a communal effort it is. And you really learn about artistic collaboration. Like, yeah, you're the, the, the lead character, the title character, number one on the call sheet, but nothing gets done without the entirety of the crew. That's the amazing hair and makeup team. That's the costumes. That's, you know, set deck. That's everybody who, you know, has a part in making this world come to life. It's, it's the cast. And, you know, over at Nancy Drew, it was Kennedy and Tunji and Leah and, and Madison and, and Alex. And then over here at Tom Swift, I have Ashley Murray by my side, who really is that strong feminine force, who's, who's done it before, who's been on shows on this network and has really just kind of had me by her side and like showed me the way on, on so many days. It's April Parker Jones. And, and I get to learn it for the first time with Marquise Filson and Donovan Miller and Albert Marquis. So, and, and LaVar Burton, like, goodness, it's like a, an embarrassment of riches over here. But um, for this to be, I've never led anything before. I've never even led a play. So I didn't think that I could do it. You know, the only thing that I've led was like, I'm the oldest of all my siblings, you know, <laughs> I have that. But getting into the space, once I got past the imposter syndrome or am working to get past the imposter syndrome and really understood why I was called to do this. And, and that's a process you go through every day. Um, I knew the power that I could take up. And, you know, as an artist, you're, you're very insecure and in your head at times. And I still am. And, you know, sometimes you don't think you're good at all. And some days it's like, oh, I, I really felt it. But I've gotten to experience the full gamut of being an artist to, to take a character with so many layers. And, you know, I'm really taking it in. Like we just finished season one this past Tuesday. And it's like, I did an entire season of television. I did a backdoor pilot that was picked up to series. I got through the table read, I got through the first episode and, and I grew and it's like, that's all you want as an actor to get that opportunity and wow, I'm doing it. So I, yeah, you just made me realize that in the moment, wow, yeah. I mean, I, I love hearing all of that and I can't wait to see, you know, all the different places that you take this character and, and everything that, you know, you've been kind of like building as you've been growing as a performer throughout this first season. So thank you so much for talking about it. I really appreciate it. It was so great to meet you. You too. Thank you so much. I love you guys over here. I love this podcast. So shout out to you. Yeah. <laughs>